0: Welcome to a message from Oasis Church. For more information about Oasis Church and how you can get connected, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Here's Pastor Mark Pearl. Enjoy the message. This morning, let's go in our Bibles to Mark chapter 4. Last week, no, I'm sorry, the week before last, last week Pastor Debbie was here. We had a powerful service with her. Uh, But the week before that, I began talking about staying power. And, uh, you know, it's one thing to get out of the boat. It's another thing to stay out of the boat. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? Peter got out. He just couldn't stay out. And, uh, you know, a lot of time, a lot of people are good starters, but how I many you know we've got to be good finishers? Right. Yeah. You know, when you run a race, which you, I know, like I said, you can't tell now. Someone said something to me yesterday, one of my neighbors, about my physique. And... Uh, <laughs> God bless them. But anyway, we were having a conversation, and I said, well, you know, what happened was two years ago I stopped running, and I put on about 25 or 30 none-of-your-business pounds, right? I saw this guy the other day. I thought, now, that guy's a guy after my liking. He's on the McDonald's diet, you know, for 100 days, you know, and he's lost 58 pounds going to McDonald's, you know. Uh, I don't know that it's the healthiest thing to do, but anyway, he lost weight. Praise God. But I thought, you know, uh, I, I talked about I talked about about, you know, you gotta have power to finish, right? It's not just enough to, to start. And I was gonna say, you know, I've ran a lot of races and uh, in the day, you know, and, and and it hadn't been all that long ago, man. I was running in my fifties and uh, and stuff. And uh, you know, you but you have to finish to get the medal. That's right. You know what I'm saying? And you see people that, you know, they they didn't finish and God bless them. They tried at least, but they didn't didn't get the medal because they didn't finish. And so how many know we got to finish, right? And so I want to talk to you about this. Let's go back to Mark chapter 4. We started here. I want to read this scripture before we read some new stuff this morning. Mark chapter 4, verse 14. If you have a Bible, just uh, look on there with me. If not, listen to this. The Bible says the sower, this is Jesus talking, the sower sows the word. How many know the word's the word of God? These are they by the wayside where the word is sown. But when they have heard, listen to this now, Satan cometh after a while. Now no, what's it say? He comes immediately to take away the word that was sown in their hearts. Now, if the devil comes immediately after the word, the word must be uh, a, a real threat to him. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Years ago I heard you know Brother Hagin say this. I, I was back in the 1980s when I heard him say this. He said when he was pastoring, which was many, many, many years ago, he's, he, he was a pastor before he was a traveling minister or, or started the Bible college. Uh, he said that while he was, when he was pastoring, he really wanted to help the people. So he started having deliverance services, special deliverance services, apart from their regular services. He said, we had every kind of manifestation you could think of and some you shouldn't. He said, after about three months of that, the novelty of that wore off and people quit coming. So he said, I started having, getting free services. So he said, all the people that come to get delivered, now are coming to get free. <laughs> and he said, we had every kind of manifestation you could think of and some you shouldn't. He said, but after three months, the novelty of that wore off and they quit coming. So he said, I started having loosening services. He said, so everybody that came to get delivered, that came to get free, now have come to get loosened. He said, we had every kind of manifestation you could think of and some you shouldn't think of. He says, but after all that, after that three months the novelty, that wore off and they quit coming. And he said, I just had to admit, if these people were any more delivered, if they were any more free, if they were any more loosened, he said, I couldn't tell it. He said, I just had to be honest about it. So he said, I went to the Lord. I fasted and prayed for three days. And he said, I went to the Lord and said, now, Lord, I'm just being honest. I wasn't trying to pull anything here. I'm really trying to help these people. And I just don't understand why we can't help some of these people. And the Lord, after three days of fasting and praying, the Lord spoke to him. He said, well, the problem is you're trying to do for the people what only my word can do for them. Thank God for manifestations. We have them. Thank God we appreciate that. We appreciate Every gift of the Spirit, we appreciate every manifestation of the Spirit. But when when the rubber meets the road, if you don't get the word, you don't stay free. Amen. Jesus said, "You'll know the truth, and the truth will make you free." Amen. Right. And so, the devil knows that. How many know the devil knows that? Yeah. And That's why he comes immediately to take it away. Now, verse sixteen, he said, "These are they, which uh, uh, these are they, likewise, which are sown on stony ground." who when they have heard the word, they immediately receive it with gladness. So these people have joy, right? Gladness. He says, and they have no root in themselves, and they endure but for a time. Now, that simply means they don't have any staying power. That root means, because they're only temporary, they only endure for a time. So they're only temporary. They can only do it for, you know, a period of time. How many of you got to fight life through sometimes? Right? See, I've told you in my quest this year was to, uh, personal goal was to lose 30 pounds. And I informed you a few weeks ago, I only need 30, I've only got 31 more to go. And, um, but I haven't quit. Amen. And I told somebody in the church, I said, well, if I don't get it by May, I'm just going to forget about it and just buy bigger clothes. But, you know, at the end of May, I decided I'm not going to quit. I'm not a quitter. I'm going to keep fighting it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We'll say, well, it's real easy. I know it's real easy. You just got to do it. Well, it's not real easy. Who said that anyway? Who said it was real easy? Yeah. Miss Phyllis said it was real easy. It's not real easy. Yeah. It's always the. Skinny people that say it's easy, you know what I'm saying? Isn't that right? Boo on the skinny people. All right, I'm kidding, I'm teasing. But have me you know, uh, now, now here's the thing. It's, it, listen, you know, it's like I said. <laughs> it's like I said. When I was in my 20s, it was pretty easy to preach on healing because I was strong as a horse and I was thin. As a, ra- as a zipper. But now I'm in my sixties, and uh, you know, after a while, that that little bit extra that you eat, that extra slice of chocolate pie, or, okay, you give it, you give it forty years, and it starts to pile up, doesn't it? Yeah. And so, you know, I, you know, it's like when you're young, it's easy to stay skinny sometimes. But it, you, but anyway, moving right along, praise the Lord. I killed the anointing with that. All right, but. But I was just simply saying, you can't win if you're going to quit. And this is what Jesus is saying. He says, there's some that's going to receive the word. They've they've got joy. But they have no root in themselves. And so they endure but for a time. Verse 17. Afterward, listen to this now. When affliction or persecution arises for what's sake? The word's sake. Immediately they are offended or they lose their joy. Now... Jesus is explaining this parable, but I want you to read what He actually said in, in Mark 4, verse 5. See, He's given the, this, that what we just read, that's the explanation of the parable that He spoke out to, his, to the people. But let's actually read the actual parable, part of it, in verse 5 of chapter 4. He said, talking about the, the Word being sown, some, "...some fell on stony ground where it had not much earth, and immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of earth." But when the sun was up, it was scorched, and because it had no root, it withered away. In other words, when the seed fell, it fell on ground. It didn't have a whole lot of earth to it, and because it didn't have a whole lot of earth to it, the roots could not go down very far, so the energy shot the plant up. So it looks good for a while, but the problem is, is the sun came out. Things got hot. Uh, somebody with me this morning? How I many know oh, sometimes things get a little hot? How I many know oh, sometimes the sun comes out? Jesus called it persecution and affliction or trouble. And because they don't have any root, they don't have any, any uh, staying power, they lose their joy. They get a, the King James says they get offended. Uh, some modern translators say they stumble. Both words are right I, you know, with the Greek. They're both uh, in, in order with the Greek word there. But literally, I like the word offended because that's what sometimes they do. They get offended at God. Yeah. Or maybe they get offended at pastor for preaching it. But the thing of it is, the problem is, is their roots aren't deep enough... They don't have any staying power. You've got to develop something like, I'm not going to quit. Right, right. Only you can do that. Yeah. Right. Only you can decide, I'm not going to quit. Right. I, if God's word promises it to me, I'm going to fight and stand till I have it. Right. What's the Bible say? Fight the good fight right. of faith. Why, why don't sometimes people receive? Because they quit fighting the good fight of faith. Right. They quit. And that's what Jesus is talking about. They started good, but they didn't finish well. See, I've ran races, like I said, and I've seen people start good. I, I've told you before about running one with my granddaughters one time. And we're running one, you know, and they, see, we're just starting out, you know. So we're, you know, but, but there's people there that aren't experienced. And so they start out and they run full blast full of joy I feel good I feel well you do feel good for a little bit but you got to conserve some of that because we got a long ways more to go and so I remember this this is, and I'm not making any of this up I'm not putting any jam on this for preaching this is really what happened I remember my my, my two granddaughters and I were running this race one is trained one never did every other Thursday or something I said, you're running? You're getting ready for it? Oh, yeah, I ran Thursday. I said, you can't just run on Thursday. You've got to run all the days of the week, and you've got to get ready. And so she's here, and people are passing us. And then I hear this guy, it sounds like he's about to die. And I'm not making this up. He's going, I <laughs> mean, you think this guy's going to die? And he passed us. And my granddaughter's looking at me like, well, what's going on? I said, don't worry, we're going to pass them all back. These are rookies. They not they, they start good, but they forgot I gotta finish this thing. And sure enough, you know, all those people passed, we just kept passing them by. There's this one, there's that one. I've seen them laying in the ditch. Amen. And like the Levite, I went on the other side. <laughs> Some good Samaritan will find you. I don't have time right now. Anyway, see, this is what Jesus is talking about. See, sometimes we start out believing God. But then trouble comes, persecution hits, affliction hits, tests come, and we give up. We quit. People start their Christian lives that way. They start out full of joy. I've seen it in church. I've been it just for 40-some years now. I've seen it many times. They start out good. You think, man, they're going to be the next Billy Graham. But then trouble comes, things come, and next thing you know, you can't get them back in the house of God. So you, you, have to, you have to stay with it. Everybody say stay with it. You've got to have staying power, amen? You've got to have staying power. Now, now, how many know it's going to get hot sometimes? And when the heat's turned up, you don't want to wilt. You want to stay with it. All right, now go to Hebrews chapter 10. You don't mind if we look at a few passages today, do you? Yeah. <laughs> Hebrews, the 10th chapter. And, and, and I'm going to kind of... Uh, how do I say this? I'm going to shame us a little bit today. Is that all right? Well, okay, I'm going to do it anyway. So you might as well say it's okay, because I want to show you something here, all right? I want to show you something, because sometimes we think we have it tough, you know. Oh, it's really tough. I want to show you something here. In Hebrews chapter 10 <clears throat> and uh, verse 32, uh, Paul said, Call to remembrance... The former days in which after you were illuminated. Everybody say illuminated. Illuminated. Now what illuminates you? The entrance of His Word brings light. light. So once you receive the truth, you were illuminated. You endured a great fight, the King James says, of afflictions. Now, wonder why that happened. We just read, didn't we? What does affliction come for? The Word's sake. Is to try to get these people off of God's Word. See, that's why this affliction came. <clears throat> now, he said, partly now, verse 33, partly while you were made a, a the king, this is old King James, a gazing stock or a spectacle, uh, both by reproaches and afflictions, and partly while you became companions of them that were so used. In other words, Paul is saying he to the church, he said, part of this came because you... Were made a spectacle. Now, when you go back, you search, you church, uh, you, excuse me, you search church history. You go back to the beginning days. You will find out that in a lot of the uh, areas of Asia and a lot of the the Gentile nations, where the church was was. Uh, birthed by the Apostle Paul, you're going to find out those people suffered some real persecution. Right, yes. Now, we know they did it in Jerusalem by the religious re- leaders, right? They, they, throw him, they threw them in jail. They, they, they killed some, you know. But <clears throat> one of the things that when you research it, a lot of times we think the, the immorality, the perversion that we see today is something new. Uh, it happened back then. Yeah. It happened back then. Actually, we're seeing like a, a, a resurgence of what happened to the early church. And because the early church would not participate in that kind of lifestyle, actually preached against it, they suffered persecution. And when it says they were made, like the King James says, a gazing stock, it's actually the word spectacle. What literally happened is in many of these cities they had theaters where they had entertainment, different kinds of entertainment. And once the Christians, you know, the church got started there, and these people were different than everybody else. You see, you, you understand, Paul writes to the church of Corinth, he writes these churches, and he says, flee from this, and flee from that, flee from this. Well, they didn't know any different. That was their lifestyle. That's the way they lived. They lived, it was an immoral place. And Paul would say, hey, that's not the that's not way we believers live. God, We're to keep our bodies holy. Can I have a better amen? Or, you know, I, listen, listen, if you come to, 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 to find a place where we're going to be okay with what the world's doing, you're in the wrong house. Forget it. I'm sticking with the Word of God. Sin is still sin, immorality is still immorality. And because these believers would stand against it because they wouldn't participate in them, they made fun of them. Well, I mean, we're getting that today, right? Yeah. Except we're not being put into the theaters yet. We're just being made fun of on social media. And some Christians are depressed for two weeks because somebody didn't like them on social media. <clears throat> Spit your passy out, pull your thumb out, and become a man or woman of God. Yes, right. Amen. These people went through a lot worse persecution. So what they would do was they would bring these Christians in and they would make sport of them in front of all these hundreds or maybe even thousands of people in the theater. They would poke fun at them. Sometimes they, they went so far to beat them. Sometimes they killed kill them. But they at least poked fun at them. This is what Paul's talking about. He's not talking about, Oh, I didn't have enough money to go, to go out to eat today. <laughs> See, some believers today, why haven't been to church for the past, you know, three months? Well, I, God let me down. It was two weeks in a row I couldn't go out to eat. <laughs> Heavy trial you're going under. Are you with me now? See, some of the things that we talk about, the trials we're facing because maybe we're facing a battle in our physical body, which God wants us healed, right? But sometimes we face tests there, right? Or maybe we're facing a test in our finances or something like that. It is nothing compared to what these people were facing. They were facing tests with their lives. Amen. But yet they held strong. Amen. See, you know, sometimes you preach things like this, you lose people because they don't want to hear this any longer. They think, well, I thought you was a word of faith preacher. I thought you was a, a faith guy. Well, I am a faith guy, but I'm also a Bible guy first. Are you with me? I believe what the Bible says. every word. I don't just pick a few things out. I believe it all. All that I know. And the Bible says all that live godly in Christ Jesus are going to suffer persecution. One lady said to one preacher, said, the devil never bothers me. He said, well, quit going the same direction he's going. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Now listen to this. <clears throat> Verse 33, he said, partly while you were made a gazing stock or a spectacle, both by reproaches and afflictions, and partly while you became companions of them that were so used. In other words, because you were just, you know, uh, Friends, partners with those that were being treated that way, you you know, just because you were associated with them. Right, yeah. Amen. Yeah. See, it, you know, it, it. And we're experiencing more persecution in, in America. It's 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 growing, it's increasing. I don't know how far it's going to go. I don't know, but hopefully Jesus is coming back, not just sca- escapism, because uh, that's just you know people say, well, you you believe in the rapture because of escapism. Yeah, Jesus said. Uh, Pray that you may be kind of worthy to escape all these things that's going to pass on the earth. Why well, do I don't want to be here for the wrath of God? I'm not appointed to wrath. You know, the tribulation is the wrath of God, right? So I don't want to be here for the wrath of God. Why would I want to be here? It's not for me. Right. Amen. So, yeah, I'll escape that. Praise God. You can stay. Help yourself. Now, <laughs> amen. Now, he said, he said, for, verse 34, he said, For you had compassion on me and my bonds. This is Paul saying, I went to jail. You took joyfully the spoiling of your goods, knowing in yourselves that you have in, in heaven a better and enduring substance. You know, even in those days, they were taking their possessions away from these Christians. And Paul said, hey, you took it joyfully. Why? Because you knew you got something better in heaven anyway. Amen. words oh, you didn't let it get your joy. Amen. Notice what he said. He said, cast not away therefore your confidence which has great recompense of reward, for you have need of patience, that after you've done the will of God, you might receive the promise. How many know he's just saying you've got to stick with it? Because if you do what the Word says, how many know you're going to get the benefits the Word promises? Hallelujah. Amen. Now, what do you think? You know, Pastor, what if, what if we experience this kind of person? God will keep you, protect you. Amen. But I want to, you know, I don't want to just leave it on that level. I want to bring it to this level where, you know, the afflictions, the tests, the trials that we have, they're to steal the word out of our life. They're to to get us to give up. They're not from God. People say God sent them to make you more like Him. No, God sent His word to make us more like Him. He sent His Spirit to make us more like Him. The, the Bible's very plain. It counts to steal the word out of you. God doesn't put the word in you and say, now nah, I'm going to try to get that out of you. I've heard people say God will break your leg just to teach you something. Well, I wouldn't even ride with somebody like that to the west side of Evansville. Would you? I wouldn't even go that far with somebody. Is that nutty? <clears throat> God's not that way. I have people say, God's in control of everything that's going on on the earth. Well, he sure got it messed up. Of course, he's not. There's a day he's going to be. But right now, man, the Bible doesn't even call God the God of this world. It calls Satan the God of this world. He's the God of this world system. He's running it. He's ruling it. We're called ambassadors. What does that mean? What's an ambassador? Anybody know what an ambassador is? Yeah, but we're a representative of a country, right? Now, now let me ask you this where's that ambassador at? I'm talking about natural ambassador. If an ambassador to the U.S. is an ambassador, where's he at? He's in another country. He's not in his country. We're not in our country. We're in another country. But how does he live in that country? Like he lives in his own country. I've been in foreign countries, you know. And you're in all this poverty. (laughs) I mean, it's just, you know, there's just... I mean, Phyllis has been with me a few times. We've seen places that look like a war zone. I mean, just nothing but crumbled concrete in the streets. And and, and you see all that. And then I've had the missionaries say, you want to go by the U.S. Embassy where the ambassador lives? Yeah, you go by there, lush, green, palatial palace. Why He's living, he's living there like he lived here in the U.S. You and I believers, are you ready to shout, we should be living here like we would be living in heaven. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What Jesus say? Pray thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now that doesn't mean we're not going to catch any... That, when you preach that, that doesn't mean we're not going to catch any kind of trouble or have any kind of issues. It just means we're going to live victorious over because we got resources that the country we're in right now doesn't have. We got resources from heaven. Hallelujah. My God, my God shall supply all your need according to His riches in Evansville in glory, right? He's not limited by Evansville. He's not limited. So as believers, we don't have to expect to live like the world lives. Now, not because we're better, but because of our Father. I heard, I've told this story before, but one of the greatest pastors in America, he's he's in heaven now, he went to be with the Lord in the 90s, but he was probably one of the greatest pastors in America. His name was John Osteen. I was talking to a neighbor of mine recently, well, a few months ago. I was talking to them, and I said, did you know that Joel Olstein? everybody in America has heard of Joel Olstein. like him or don't like him, but they've heard of him. I said, did you know Joel had a father? Really? Yeah, everybody has. <laughs> no. I said, "His actually, I was telling me his father pastored the church before he did. No, I never knew his father. I said, you need to go look up his father because his father... Well, I'll just say it this: way. His father could preach, and preach the word of God, without apology, right? Without without scaring, without being afraid of offending anybody, he could preach it straight. He's one of the finest preachers and pastors in America. And uh, I said, "Yeah, father." I said, "You need to get online and you need to look his name up. His name is John." You watch him preach. His son's nothing like him. I'm not criticizing Joe, but they're, not, they're nowhere even close to the same. Not even close. His dad was totally different. And, but, jo- but Joel said, he, he said this one time, and I thought it was good. His dad was loved. His dad, John, was loved by the city of Houston. And I mean, he's a spirit-filled, tongue-talking, Holy Ghost-believing pastor, but he's got a church. You know, we, they see Joel Steen's church, and wow, that's a big church. Well, he, it's, it, he inherited it with 22,000 people. He already had 22,000 when his dad passed on. So, <clears throat> anyway, his dad was really loved by the city of Houston. He just really had a lot of favor. And Joel said, he said, you know, he said one time, he said, I was speeding down the interstate by church, and I got pulled over by this state policeman. And, uh... <clears throat> He said, you know, he, he, he looked, looked at my license and he said, uh, you, uh, you any relation to the preacher on TV? And he said, yeah, that's my dad. And he said, okay. He gave me my license back. He said, just slow it down. Let me go. He said, sometime later, I am speeding again. Christian speed, you know that? If we had an altar call for speeders, we could fill the altar tonight, today. But well, he, said, he said, I was speeding down the interstate, you know. And he said, I got pulled over. On well, This state trooper was really rough looking. I mean, he had that look about him like no nonsense. He said, he walks up and he says, let, let, let me see your, your, uh, your license. He says, so I handed him my license. He looks at it and he goes, Osteen, uh, you any relation to that, that preacher? Joe said, well, it depends. He goes, depends on what? He goes, it depends on whether you like him. He said, when I said that, just a slight smile came in that trooper's corner of his mouth. He goes, I like him. I like him a lot. Slow down. He said, I didn't get that favor because of me. He said, I got that favor because of my father. See, our favor in this life isn't because of us. It's because of our father. And the moment we get to thinking it's from us, we are way out of line. The Bible says, when you get blessed with things, don't forget the Lord. Amen. So we're you know we're we're living in this world, but we're not of this world. We're 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 ambassadors the Bible says in Corinthians. We're ambassadors here. We should expect heaven to supply for us here in this world. Amen. And not expect to just depend on the world. Amen, and what they can provide. Amen. You know? Now, he went on to say, look at this. He said Let's read verse 35 again. He says, For uh, be not carried, or he says, Cast away not, therefore, your confidence, which has great reward, for you have need of patience, that after you've done the will of God, you might receive the promise. For yet a little while uh, he that shall, t- he shall come, he, he, he that, uh, let me back up, for a little while he that shall come will come and will not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith, but if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. We are not of them that draw back unto perdition or destruction, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. So he's simply telling us we just need to keep persevering. Isn't that right? Now what does the Bible say? Through faith and patience we inherit the promises. We've got to have some staying power. Now I want to look at two more things real quickly. Go to the book of Ephesians chapter 6. You know, sometimes things get tough. You know, sometimes... Has anybody ever started an exercise program? Has anybody ever quit an exercise program? Now, why did you quit? Because of all the good results you were seeing? Right? You quit because it got what? It got hard, right? I remember I was... Phyllis and I, we hadn't been married very long. And um, I was... 26 at the time, weighed 158 pounds, and, uh, and I was trying to lose weight. <laughs> I think, man, I'd like to have that back. <laughs> I was trying to lose weight, and so there was a guy on the radio, and I'd listen to him, because at the time I was working a job, you know, and I would, at lunchtime, I'd drive home to go to lunch, You'd eat lunch at home, you know, from where I worked, and I'd always turn the radio on and listen to a guy named Paul Harvey. Anybody old enough remember Paul Harvey? The rest of the story. Had a great news little broadcaster. So I was listening to Paul Harvey, and one of his sponsors was Swin Airdyne. And Paul would, he talked glowingly about Swin Airdyne. 20 minutes a day, 20 minutes three times a week. 20 minutes three times a week. I don't know if he'd ever been on one in his life. But he sure sounded convincing. And so we bought one. We bought one. Now, I did not know, you know, it's just, a, it's just an exercise bike. How bad can this be? But the Swin's different than all the other exercise bikes, at least most of them. It moves your upper body, your lower body. I, I, I read an article because I thought about buying one again. It would be my third one. Really, I was thinking about, you know, yeah. Mark got me. A, I got a pass. Mark was telling me what to do. Go to the pad. Go to the gym. Try it out. So I got a gym. Tried it out. And after I tried it out, I thought, forget it. I don't need that. <laughs> I had enough things to do with my life besides adding grief to it. And anyway, you know. So I thought, well, you know, I, 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 we bought one, you know, because what's this you know 20 minutes but you know i was reading on it and i was reading about how tough they are and i remembered you know i was 20 something i bought bought this thing but i was reading again i was just reading in, in reviews about it one guy was saying you know he said i can get professional athletes i can get them on these and i can have them on the ground crying after a little while and this may not sound good but he said we call it the devil's tricycle <laughs> so we bought one you know and I'm telling you, after five minutes of giving that thing all out, I was laying on the bed, huffing and puffing. And uh, I lost my joy. <laughs> there was a lot of joy thinking about it. There was a lot of joy buying it. There was a lot of joy bringing it into the bedroom. And I found out putting it right beside the bed was a real smart idea. But there wasn't much joy once you got going. It's like, man, it didn't take long till the joy is gone. I've lost my joy. Amen. And that's a problem. How do we know that? Amen. I don't even want you to read that scripture in Ephesians. I'm going to have you go to the book of Acts chapter 20. But Ephesians there, the apostle Paul said, having done all to stand, stand therefore. Why? Because he said, we're in a battle with principalities and powers and rulers of the darkness of this world and wicked spirits in the heavens. There are demonic spirits that don't want you to succeed as a believer. The devil's number one job is to keep you, if you're not saved, is to keep you from being born again. If he can't succeed in that, then he doesn't want you to know who you are and what you have in Christ, and he doesn't want you to know how good God is. He'll blame things on God. Amen. You know, I used to do that with my grandkids, pinch one and act like somebody else did it. That's the way the devil is. He'll pinch and act like God did it. But I want to show you something here in the book of Acts as we close out. Did you get anything today? Yes. Acts chapter 22, I believe it is. Acts chapter 20, excuse me, Acts chapter 20. We're just talking about having some staying power. Look what Paul said in Acts 20, verse 22. He said, Now I go uh, bound in the Spirit unto Jerusalem, not knowing the things that will befall me there, except that the Holy Spirit witnesses in every city saying that bonds and afflictions abide me. Well, how I many of that would stop most people right there from going? But Paul knew he was supposed to go. He said, but none of these things move me, neither count I my life dear unto myself. Do you know that is a real problem that you've got to watch out for, that you don't think about yourself too much. Isn't that right? Right. And we all have to work on that one, right? Where we don't, we're not just thinking about me. What about other people? Right? See, some people wake up every morning thinking about how can I get blessed. But really we should wake up every morning thinking about how can I be a blessing. Because God told Abraham, He said, I blessed you to be what? A blessing. I'm going to bless you to be a blessing. Now, I asked this one time. You know, we all, all the times we talk about, because the Bible talks about, if you be Christ, then you're Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. I asked this question. Are we uh, qualified for the blessing of Abraham if we don't accept the call of Abraham? The call was to be a blessing. Amen. Not running around trying to be blessed. Right? See, if you'll be a blessing, I don't think you have to be... If you are a blessing, you won't have to run around chasing the blessings. They'll find you. Remember what God said in Deuteronomy? He said, all these blessings shall come on you and overtake you. They'll overtake you. You can't outrun them. Hallelujah. See, instead of thinking about who's going to pay for my lunch today, how about thinking about whose lunch are you going to pay for Okay, some of you are sucking air. How about changing a little bit? Right? Seriously, man. Amen. Amen. You know, thinking about who can you be a blessing to? There's people in this church that are that way. I hope everybody is. I know for certain. Some people are. Because I remember in the very beginning days of our church, you know, when Phyllis was skinny, she still is. (laughs) <laughs> she's she's concerned. She's concerned a little bit. She, I mean she's not the hundred and ten pounds she was when we got married, but it's in there so Yeah, she still got it. But there's not much else added on, I can tell you that. But it was the day she was skinny, I was skinny, our cat was skinny, the billfold was skinny. And I'm not I'm not making this up. It was one day after church after Sunday morning service we didn't have the money to go out to eat. And that is a huge trial. She thought about backsliding, but I wouldn't let her. <laughs> I'm teasing, I'm teasing. But, you know, here, here's what happened. You know, we, we knew there was somebody in the... There, there was a person in the church that any time they ever saw her and I in a restaurant, if they, saw, if they happened to be in the same restaurant that we were in... We never got our bill. I'd say, Well, you know, who who paid for that? Well, somebody paid for it. And then I'd happened to see them as I was leaving. They were in the restaurant, you know. We had that happen over where were we at Longhorn. And they said, Well, somebody paid for your bill. Well, who paid for a bill? I don't know. Some 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 blonde headed lady that comes in here and reads a lot. Well, I don't know any blonde headed ladies that come in here and read a lot. I know some blonde-headed ladies, I don't know if they come in here and read a lot, but I don't go to the steakhouse to read, <laughs> except the menu. But anyway, it was one of those, we just didn't have the money. Now, thank God, we're, we're, non- we're a long ways from that now. Praise God. God's blessed us. But that, that's where, just where we were at the time. We just didn't have anything, you know. And so we thought, well, we can't go out to eat. We're going to have to go home and eat whatever we have there hopefully Pastor Jerry hasn't been over and we have some food left. <laughs> <sighs> Hallelujah. I had, I had to get that in. I like to tell the truth when I can. Praise God. And that was a good opportunity to speak truth. But anyway, I, I, I were saying, all we need to do is we're going to drive around and we're going to see where this person's vehicle at and go in there and eat. They'll pay for it. I was teasing, of course. and We went home. I don't know what we had, but we, we're still alive. Praise God. <laughs> but listen now, I mean, sometimes we can think more of ourselves than we should. Yeah. Yeah. He says, but, but none of these things move me. He said, I don't count my life dear unto me. There's something bigger in my life than me. Right, right. Yeah. And he says, so that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I've received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. I wanted to read this first because I wanted to say this to you. If you let the devil take your joy, he's got you. Yeah. Remember that scripture we started out with, that they received the word with gladness. Yeah. But after affliction or persecution came, they were offended. They lost their joy yeah. and they did not reap. Wow. If the devil can get your joy, don't. I've just learned this and I'm not perfect at it. I can tell you that. But I have learned this, and I still work on this. I've learned to try not to let the devil even notice he's got me shaken up in the least bit. I'm going to sing the songs of Zion. I'm going to have a smile on my face. I I remember one time someone in the church came to me. I'd gotten out of my truck. I was getting out of my truck, and and my keys uh, fell in between the seat and the console. I don't ever like it when that happens. Because, you know, this is, you got to try to dig them out, you know. Yeah. And I'm in a hurry to get in church. i got things to do. And so I guess I walked in. I didn't have the greatest smile on my face because I'm aggravated because my keys. You know, I I'm having a big trial. <laughs> and so I go back to my office. This was one of our leaders at the time. I go back to my office, and I hear this knock on the door. I said, come in. And then comes this person. And they said, Pastor, are you Okay. I said, "Well, yeah. Well, I just noticed you didn't have that smile you always have on your face. You didn't have that light about you you always have, you always have. And I just thought something might be wrong. Well, I appreciated that, but I thought, "Thank God that I, he said I always have it." Yeah, 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 yeah. Except when I drop my keys in my cons in between my seat, I lose it over that. Praise God. Nothing else brings me down, though. Praise God. Bring it on, devil! But you caused me to lose my keys. And have me understand. Don't let the devil let see you. Let the devil see you sweat it. Have the joy of the Lord. I don't care what kind of pressure he's putting on you. Be in the house of God and sing the praises of Zion. Amen. Don't let him see. He's got you. Don't let him know it. Don't ever let him know it. Don't ever let him get your joy. Hallelujah. Don't let him do it. Man, I'm telling you, you don't. There's a man years ago preached a message. He said, "If the devil can't steal your joy, he can't keep your stuff, can't keep your goods." Powerful message. Amen. So I've just learned that over the years. Don't let him see you sweating. Mm-mm. It's not working, devil. It's not working. You might as well move on. Why? Nehemiah said, "The joy of the Lord is strength." Amen. That concludes today's message. For more information about Oasis Church, please visit myoasischurch.com. Thanks for listening.